What up, what up? The fourth quarter podcast, episode 14. We're yes, back, Coda. We are back after a week break, which was a little unforeseen, but life got a bit crazy, huh? I'm sure there were a lot of yeah. tears from our fans, but we're we're back and better than ever. We're here. Uh, and Coda, just like always, who is your favorite number 14 athlete? Favorite number 14 athlete is actually an Oregon athlete. Um, the great, very underrated, actually had some injuries, was going to be a great NFL safety. Ifo Ekbre Olamu, which is a great name. Got to look <laughs> him up. He was a corner at Oregon. He has one of the nastiest interceptions I've ever seen against Michigan State. And I think it was 2014. Um, everyone's got to just YouTube it. Ifo Ekbre Olamu, Michigan State interception. My nastiest name, nastiest interception. That yep. is bonkers. Um, I'll hit you with one from uh, two of my favorite kinds of football. Mr. Thierry Henry, one of the greatest yes. strikers of all time. Uh, and then uh, Stefan Diggs, probably my favorite current wide receiver uh, over the age of 24. Um, That's super fair. He's, he's just amazing. Always pick him when I can in fantasy. That's super fair. I love that pick. I actually almost went with Henri too, but I had to be a little bit of a bias homer there for a minute. Uh, but Ben, before you lead us into our first segment today, let me explain. We were gone last week, so we decided to hit you with two, not one episodes today. So we're going to hit some quick topics. It's going to be a shorter episode, but you're getting two, so don't be too sad about it. Ben, hit us with our first segment. Yeah, guys, um, basically everything relevant from the college world uh, on a national scale has happened to this point in the calendar year. Uh, Effectively, we'll start back up in the fall. But, man, uh, we had the college men's basketball championship. We had the college women's basketball championship. Again, we're going to just kind of go more topically today. uh, But I think really what I wanted to do is just kind of hit you all with a bit of a blitz on the men's. And then we're actually going to have a little bit more just of a a fun discussion about the women's because let's just be honest, the women were way more exciting this time around, Coda. I mean, not even a debate, really. Like, come on. Also, no one really expected any of these underdogs to make it. And Mm -hmm. and frankly, um, I think we all missed a little bit of blue buds, like my, my boy here said. So but frankly, yeah. let's just um, let's just acknowledge what did happen. So Coda and I actually ended on a pretty hot streak, which was awesome. Uh, we were both two and one in our final pickums. So uh, I was wrong. I had Florida Atlantic beating San Diego State, which frankly did happen, but for <laughs> a very Kobe-like shot from right, uh, right the San shot. Diego. Wasn't that just balls? Like, dude, I didn't even think he was getting it off. Shot. Yeah, great, no, so clutch. It, to shoot and think, if I miss this, our season is over. My career might be over. And to oh, think, no, like, it. I'm going to make it. He did. So, Coda yeah. got that part right. He had both San Diego State and UConn correct in advancing to the Final Four. I had Florida Atlantic and UConn. But I actually picked UConn to win. Coda had San Diego State. Again, we lived too close. He must have just gotten delusioned. All due respect. Yeah. Um, so, so, two and one, two and one. Um Wanted to just quickly, and then kind of get your thoughts on the final four for the men, just quickly acknowledge like, hey, UConn was dominant. They won by 24, by 15, by 23, by 28, by 13, and by 17 for an average margin of victory of 20. Dude, what were your thoughts kind of seeing them run to the victory? Uh, 
just overall impressed. Um, really, I, I we were texting during the game, and I think both of us were just conveying this is the most boring national championship game for such a great March Madness, simply because they were just too good. Um, even San Diego State had a couple runs in the second half. Even then, it was like, no, UConn's not losing this game. And it made me remember, we haven't really talked about this, UConn, more, no more, no less than six weeks before the tournament, was like number one, number two in the country. Like, they just hit a rough patch right before the tournament. And I think people kind of forgot, oh, this team, the majority of the year was like a top two, top three team. Um, so I think just the recency bias, I think we all kind of forgot that UConn was actually really, really, really good. And yeah, they just hit their stride in the tournament. It was super impressive. Unreal. Absolutely unreal. Um, my hat's off to, God, I always forget his name. Dan Hurley. Dan, yep. no, is that right? Dan Hurley and it's, the boys? It's Dan Hurley, yeah. He was just he was, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Such a class Arizona act. State. Yeah. Yeah. The program, I mean, the program has just had between Calhoun and Ollie and Hurley. I mean, what, what fantastic coaching. Uh, I'm just really impressed. So, and then guys, the women's side, right? Um, LSU in a barrage of threes outlasted the Caitlin Clark led Iowa Hawkeyes. Um, yeah. Iowa did knock off the undefeated South Carolina team since then. Aaliyah Boston has been drafted number one overall in the NBA, WNBA draft, which is pretty great. Um, just to hit you with a couple other things, and then, Code, I'll get your reactions as we move on. Again, these are boom, boom, boom segments. But um, Angel Reese and Kayla, Caitlin Clark had a lot of back and forth thing. <laughs> there was a lot of, like, gesturing at ring fingers and, like, I can't see you. Loved everything about that. Yep. Also – Jill Biden with the biggest, sorry, um, you know, Madam Dr. Jill Biden, First Lady Jill Biden, invited Iowa despite them losing, which is a major faux pas. Go to all of these things. Angel Reese said she wouldn't go. Um, Caitlin Clark was a classy person there. Yep. In the last like 20 seconds, yep. your thoughts on the whole shebang? Yeah. Um, well, there, apart from a part of me feels bad for Caitlin Clark because if Iowa had any, if she had any team support, they probably would have won the national championship. What she was doing all tournament was absolutely insane, scoring like more than half their points each game was ridiculous. Um, yes, I feel so torn about the Jill Biden thing because Angel Reese every right to be like, what the heck? This we just won the national championship, and then I was thinking like, dude, this was like the most viewed women's sporting event of all time. So yeah. I do think it's like, yeah, let's celebrate both teams, but let's not do it at the same time. Let's let yeah. LSU have their moment. I was like, it. I, I was talking to Annie. I was like, it sounds like something that a grandma would suggest, you know, out of just the <laughs> best intentions, be like, let's celebrate everyone. Uh, but no, LSU definitely deserves their spotlight. So, you know, Angel Reese is great. Caitlin Clark's great. Future of women's basketball is in fantastic hands. Amen, dude. They're both still young, so we'll get them both next Very year. Young. Yeah, and that transitions into a bit more of a professional basketball league, uh, the NBA. Um, honestly, it's funny. I'm looking at our little flow sheet here. We didn't do our episode last week, so I'm like, I don't even know who who we picked in our three for three. But I can tell you our all-time records, which Ben is six and nine. I'm eight and seven. So I do have to say, I'm kind of creating somewhat of a separation here. 
Uh, it's not much of a separation. It could all change. I'm sure we'll have a lot of predictions for these NBA playoffs. Uh, but yeah, the NBA playoffs are going to get decided tonight, right? Yeah, tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. Depending on when you night. listen yeah, to this. Yeah, when yeah. you're listening to these, probably say, it'll be tonight. It'll be tonight. Um, some really great games. You got Bulls, Heat, Thunder, Wolves. All these four teams are fighting for the eight seeds. Which game kind of jumps out to you here the most as, as a game you expect to be really good? I'm so glad you asked. Let's yep. literally, I'm going to mention Chicago is playing Miami, period. That's not interesting. They both suck. They both suck. Yep. They're both going to get swept, period. Um, frankly, the Hawks embarrassed the Miami Heat and the Bulls outlasted uh, a very average Raptors team. So, yep. period, done, boom. The, the Wolves blew it. Dude. And they're pissed. And they're also yeah. combusting. Like, Gobert tried to kill Crazy. him. What's his name, Alan? Uh, I forget his uh, name. You remember? Kyle, is it Anderson? Was Anderson. I almost called him Kyle Allen. These sporty names, they all take Kyle over. Allen, yeah. but Kyle Anderson, exactly. I'm like, dude, Kyle Anderson's like a nice dude. Why are you trying to kill him? <laughs> um, and then the Thunder were just like totally fire against the Pelicans and robbed Zion a, a return opportunity. I think that's going to be a crazy competitive game for the opportunity to play a very viable uh, opponent in the Nuggets. So that to me is the most exciting matchup. Um, no, I completely agree with you. The Bulls Heat game, there's there's no inkling in me that's like really excited to sit down and watch the game. Frankly, the best asset in either of those teams is Demar Derozan's daughter. So that's how excited <laughs> that game is going to be. Um, you gotta explain that. You gotta explain yeah, that, yeah. Coda. That's um, brilliant. So Demar Derozan's daughter uh, was sitting sideline at the game. Uh, it was it was Bulls and uh, Raptors. Yeah. And you guys have to go look this up if you haven't seen it. It's just screaming at the top of her lungs every single free throw the Raptors take. And the Raptors go freaking eighteen of thirty six from the free throw line. She switched sides. She switched baselines at half. So she could like scream at them again. I mean, literally <laughs> like you're like, oh, that's a cute, funny story. Um, no, I think there's merit to that. NBA teams don't go 18, 36 from the free throw line. Uh, so well done. Uh, great asset. There's, I, I can't remember who it was. I saw someone on Twitter be like, this is hilarious that all the NBA teams are going to have to start scouting for DeMar DeRozan's daughter now. Um, <laughs> which is great. Um, but no, I agree. Thunder Wolves is a great matchup. Um, I love the hype and praise Josh Giddy is really finally getting. Uh, yeah. What an awesome player. He literally just is a fundamental dude, doesn't do anything crazy. He's really fun to watch. Um, he reminds me a bit of my favorite player of all time, Steve Nash, who yeah. was crazy flashy, just did what he needed to do. The flow. Um, the flow, you know? Wow, there's synergy between Gideon Nash. Again, you're so biased, too. You're so know, biased. You're no, about not, the same length. Like, not at all. Not at all. Um, but I also agree. I think we've talked a lot about the Nuggets on this podcast. Really, either of those teams, uh, Oklahoma City or Minnesota, I think are really like not great matchups for the Nuggets. So I think it will be an interesting ser- series regardless. Uh, a few other things to watch is this pertains to you. I'm sure you're excited about this. And um we're just wishing the best for andrew wiggins as this whole situation uh still kind of you know is figuring itself out but word is he will be back for game one on saturday night against the kings um which i hope that's the best decision for him no one really knows exactly what's going on um 
Yeah, that'd be great. How much do you think that's going to affect? Do you think he's going to start? Do you think he's going to be on a, a minute's limit? How is his stamina going to be? What are you feeling? Dude, great question. And and I'll just give a, a, a precursor to we're going to potentially drop a, a fun little live episode <laughs> during this because Coda yeah. and I are going to watch what will be probably the most exciting West Coast series in years. Totally. Um, totally. About as competitive as it gets. Mm-hmm. I do not think Wiggins will play much partly because he's not really needed in this series with all due respect to the Kings. Who do we really need him for? We need him for like the Lakers or Suns who we're probably going to get after that. So um, that, that actually doesn't make sense, but it does in the sense of like later on, there's going to be some bigger teams that we're going to need to guard some big guys. So there you go. Thank face. But yeah. um, Gary Payton's back and he's at it and he's looking great. Kaminga getting bigger minutes. I think this is super relevant. I know we'll talk more about, the playoffs to come, but Coda, I'll actually tee you up. Okay. Um, first to say we were both two for three in that last week. Quickly, I had the Pistons beating the Rockets. You got it right. I, I, had, just said, I can't um, even remember. No, you're totally fine. I had the Bucks beating the Sixers. You had it wrong. And then um, we both had the Hawks both beating had. the Mavericks in one of the most embarrassing losses in the Mavericks history. Insane. Ha ha ha. So here's my transition. Yep. Okay. Seamless. Transition. Yeah, seamless. The Mavericks are a tire fire. Here's why, friends. If you didn't notice this, then you don't care about the NBA. The Mavericks, in a catastrophic decision culturally, decided to sit their entire starting lineup effectively in order to tank so that they could keep the top 10 protected pick from the Knicks that they deserve, frankly, yep. because of giving up the whole – for Zingas thing that just utterly failed. And now they're being invested, get baited by the NBA. Coda, to wrap our NBA segment, yep. how do you react to all that took place for the Mavs? Yeah. Um, embarrassing. Uh, a stain on a franchise, to be quite honest. Um, the Mavs did a lot of everything outside of just playing basketball this year. Um, very dysfunctional. Tried to make a midseason trade that I think most people deep down and you and I very verbally did not think was going to work. And when they realized that wasn't going to work, they got a little, you know, a little sketch here and tanked and tried tried to get this top 10 pick. It's just, I don't know, it's not a good look. Um, and it's one of those things, I'm not a fan of the Mavericks, but as a fan of a team, these are the things you just don't like seeing. Like, especially people that are paying to come to these games, you're paying good money, especially if you're sitting like that lower bowl. Um, No, I mean, if I was a fan, I'd be pissed as a non-fan. It's just really a little embarrassing to watch, to be honest. Hysterical would be another word for what I would refer to myself as as an anti-fan of the Mavericks. And uh, it'll be one of the biggest talking points ever, I think, of what's going to happen with Luca. Is he actually totally. happy there? Is he done? I don't know, dude. Dude looks sad as heck all the time. So, no, it's it's a crazy story to watch. Um, something that I am not quite as privy to, um, that when I saw this on the flow sheet was like, okay, we're, we're going there. Um, I would love to learn more about this. I would love to just learn the history even. Ben, talk to me about the Masters. Coda, I am an incredibly passionate 
fan of the Masters. It is the one time a year that I sit down and I get all in on golf. And my wife can <laughs> affirm this because my my wife's family was in town and I had us all sit down and watch the final <laughs> nine holes. And I, I unapologetically it. did it. First of all, Augusta, Georgia, as you know, as your wife knows better than either of yep. us, is just gorgeous, right? Yep. The, the Masters, a time-honored tradition. It's amazing. We've actually added a little bit of um, intensity to it, thanks to our Saudi Arabian friends. We now have okay. good guys and bad guys in a sport okay. that has no real competition <laughs> amongst teams, except for with the freaking Ryder Cup, where it's America versus the world. So okay. um, I love that. Uh, what we saw on display this time around, okay, down the stretch, we've got good guys, good guys, quote unquote, aka guys who stuck with the PGA, um, like... Um, What's his name? John Rahm and co, right? Yep. He was the leader of the good guys. He eventually prevailed. Spoiler alert, if you didn't know that. John Rahm, super young guy, uh, his first Masters victory. It was him head-to-head versus two really big-name bad guys. Bad guys, live tour golfers, uh, Brooks Kepka and Phil Mickelson. Phil Mickelson made history was the oldest top five finisher in history. He beat him out by a year. I think it, I don't remember exactly who it was at okay. 51, but Phil looked about as healthy as he's ever looked at 52. And he was the number two finisher all the way up until the end. Kepka had an opportunity to beat him out and he didn't. They tied for second. Rom edged the two of them. Frankly, Kepka honestly was the one who blew the day. And that was part of the, the the excitement of the day is that Kepka was up four strokes, right? And he had 18 yep. holes, right? Rom was down four strokes and he had 18 holes. Rom ended up winning by four strokes and he really had it in hand with just masterful shots. Frankly, Kepka's short game was was fine, but he just couldn't drive for the life of him. Uh and Rom was just steady and he just kept it together. So Really, just to wrap, I think what I just found amazing about it is I think we now have this dynamic of what's the live going to do? Are they ready? Are they strong? What has this money done for them? Clearly for Phil, he's like the healthiest he's ever been in his life. And he was so confident. He had a freaking 65, which is a very good score in his last round. So, um, But then we've got guys like John Rahm who are still getting it done. And then we've got guys on the PGA Tour like Rory and Scotty Scheffler, who completely blew it. So just about as exciting as golf can get, Coda. I'm thrilled. Well, let me just say this to everyone listening. I have never once in my life heard Vin talk about golf until this moment. And the passion was like zero to 100. Um, it's made me want to learn more about this. So Vin, off the record, I'll be asking you more about the Masters and golf in general. Um, oh, yeah. But that is the end of our kind of, you know, topical first episode of the day. So there's not much to say what we're looking ahead to. If you want to pop over to episode 15, we'll see you in a second and we'll talk about some more sports.